It's a spooky adventure, guys, with your host, Nick the Human. And I'm Eric the Human. And we have a guest. Yes, it's been a couple weeks of no guest, but we have come back with a new one. This sitting next to me in Austin, Texas, is Adam Cohen. Adam the Human. Adam, yeah, fuck, I fucked (laughs) <laughs> that was a really spooky intro, Nick. Thank you for the sound effects. Are you scared? You know, I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, okay. Well, you know what I need to do? That I'm, I might turn off one of these lights in here. Yeah, let's make it spooky. Not that spooky. <laughs> Eric is recording from a basement that looks like it could be haunted. Yeah, you know, I didn't record a spooky version of the theme song. I still have a few days. Yeah, well, I was ex- to do that. kind of half expecting that. It would have to sound like Adventure Guy. Yeah, I would probably do something like uh, Spooky Ska, like that special song, Ghost Town. <laughs> and then there's the Spooky Ska band from Steven Universe, which is like the uh, one of the sister shows on Cartoon Network would, to Adventure Time. Would Spooky Ska be its own genre? Horror Ska, maybe. Horror Ska, is that, does that ska. exist or would you be creating Spooky Ska? Some, some people have dabbled in the horror... Sorry, I'm back. I ran to go get... Um, turn off the light. I'm now going to... Light some of this. <laughs> oh no, this lighter's broken. I'm trying to make it spooky. I'm trying to light this piece of wood and get some smoke going. He's trying to make <laughs> it spliffy. Wait, tell him about Horror Scott. I'm going to get another goddamn lighter. Yeah. So have you watched the show Steven Universe at all? No. We talk about that show a lot. Uh, a we lot should tee up this look- episode by saying I've never seen Adventure Guys until now. This is my yeah. first time seeing the show. I haven't Watching seen the Uni- show Steven Universe. Watching the show is not... It's not even really a prerequisite for being on the podcast. All right, I'm back. Okay, I've got a layer that works. I'm going to make it smoky. I'm going to make it spooky. Ah. Uh, oh. That's in the mood. I'm getting spooked. <laughs> so you were starting to talk about how you I actually got spooked on the way over here because the cat, the stray cat that lives in your front yard, yeah. <laughs> scared the actual shit out of me. Uh, have you... Uh yeah, it was, Eric, it have you surprise. have you heard about our cat that lives at our house but we don't own? No, tell me about it. It's its name is Mister Balls. Um, <laughs> it's a cat that's owned by somebody two houses down, and um, they they're not going to hear this. They they seem to neglect this cat quite harshly. Okay, um, and they don't seem like really good people. They own two cats, one of which is this cat, which we have dubbed Mr. Balls. That's just always hanging out here. Um, and another one that's incredibly skittish. Like it's walking around. It looks like it's like emaciated and it's afraid of getting hit. Like it's kind of one of those like scary situations. But anyway, one of our roommates, uh, Corey or Corey, he loves cats and has been feeding the cat and has been like <laughs> nurturing the cat. And Sean is really allergic to cats. So oh, he's been no. telling Corey, Hey, like you've got to stop encouraging that cat to come over. You cannot feed that cat. <laughs> it's not our cat. And he's like, Oh yeah. Okay, man, I won't feed him. And then like, you know, we'll wake up and it's like eight in the morning and the cat's running through the house. Cause he slept in Corey's room all night. <laughs> oh my uh, God. That's awesome. Yeah. And you it just makes it even spookier. What? It's a black cat. Oh Yeah. <laughs> It is. So anyway, his name is Mr. Balls um, because I guess Corey was on the 
the phone with his friend and they were like, hey, there's a cat here when they moved in. Like, what should I call it? And his friend was like, oh, Mr. Balls. And it just stuck. But it's like gotten to the point where the other day Sean was out front and the neighbors walked down the street and it's a family. There's like a dad and a mom. They're quite overweight and they had their two kids and the kids go, not hey. that there's anything wrong with that. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that. And they go, hey, that's our, that's our cat. And they Velcro. I guess its name's Velcro. Uh, we learned, <laughs> In and it runs up. Name goes, to Mr. Balls. Yeah. Hey, Velcro, co- come. And then Velcro goes Meh, and runs up onto our like property and like hides behind a chair like, on our front patio. And they're like, oh. And then it starts eating food. And Sean was like, we shouldn't be feeding the cat at least in our front yard. But you know what? Like, I don't feel so bad because I started to feel bad. I was like, we're stealing these people's cat. Then the other day, I see this goddamn guy who owns Mr. Balls walking down the street. He's got, I mentioned he's overweight, but I want you to know that he's overweight mainly in his gut. And the gut is mainly overweight by so about skinny, 40 he's, pounds. He's skinny everywhere except the gut. Almost. Like, he's one of those guys where it's like, he's walking down mm. the street and his posture is sort of fucked up because his gut is so large Mm. like he's leaning back sort of so now picture this it's like 12 in the afternoon he's walking down the street with a stroller with his kid he's got on his big gut his cell phone resting on his gut walking down the street looking at his phone leaning back because he's got such a big gut and i i shit you not he picks his nose and eats it like twice this guy's like 41, walking down the street, picking his nose, eating it. And I'm like, God, who does such a thing? And then later in the same day, the whole family's walking down the street in just complete silence together. And I'm like, all right, Mr. Ball's home is, seems think, a little weird. <laughs> I think Mr. Ball's has, um, I think something spooky is going on over there. Yeah. Well, thank you no, for that. That's the whole saga of Mr. Balls. I just took you through. This, you know, this this may not be as uncommon a situation as you believe it to be, because I've also sort of fostered neighborhood cats. Like, <laughs> hmm. uh, there was there was a cat we affectionately just called Neighbor Cat that lived next door that we just let into our house and hang out with us. Was this and in Denton? This was, yeah, nice. Uh, and one of our roommates had a cat that lived in our house <laughs> and they will just hang out i guess uh, they seem to not mind each other uh there was another stray cat that uh we actually did adopt and um then the roommate that had that cat moved to california and took the cat to california with him uh there was uh harold adopted a stray cat that was just hanging out on <laughs> our porch one time and we called it porch cat <laughs> yeah so and- this is a thing yeah, and the cat the the cat is with his uh, ex girlfriend now, but mm. its name is Porch Cat forever. And they call it yeah, they call it PC or Porchy. You know, <laughs> in in my neighborhood, there were a bunch of stray uh, dads running around. We adopted a few stray dads. There was a porch dad. It was kind of just there. We adopted him also. So and he, and he became your dad? No, he didn't become my dad, but he became the the an, an additional dad. Yeah. So when your dad got tired, he could just tap in. Like... No, not quite. It was more like a pet dad. Oh. Now that I think about it. It's so like you, a separate pet dad. So you go out and give him like Budweiser and like a, yeah. a, a radio <laughs> to listen to the game on. It's, it's odd because um, we hadn't seen him in years, and he had a similar 
um, similar description to the man that you described down the street in that he had a hu- he was very skinny except <laughs> oh my god did you everywhere. raised Mr. Balls' dad <laughs> I, I as a pet dad I I haven't seen him or heard from him in years but he was skinny everywhere except his belly uh, oh and no he didn't pick his nose and eat it so much hey you're um, you're but, a great guy and your family's great I don't know if you raised that dad correctly I don't I'm not quite sure <laughs> He was just a pet. We didn't have any expectations he was going to live that long. <laughs> and now it seems he's fa- he's fathered a whole family, and yeah. now the cycle continues with, with his cat. Yeah. His pet cat. Boy, oh boy. Well, you know what? You know, parenthood. What can you do? You do your best. You do your best. You do your best. A lot of people don't do their best. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Hey, Finn's dad not doing his best. Dude, Finn's dad sucks. Yeah, so I've got so many questions about this show. Yeah. Oh wait, so I did want to ask that though. So, you've only seen two episodes. I've seen the two episodes you showed me when we were hanging out the other week, and then I saw this episode. So I've seen three episodes, but I saw this episode twice. Good. So, so that's... I technically watched the show four times, but I've only seen three episodes. For anyone um, tracking, uh, for the live audience, there's a live audience, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Mr. Balls, he's in my window probably. Um, but <laughs> but I was going to ask, so that's what we always ask is, when was the first time you ever heard or interacted with Adventure Time? Adventure Time, I think I thought it was part of the whole Flapjack universe uh, back when that show was yeah. out. It um, kind of came out a similar time. There was Rick and Morty. There was just this whole like, there was this um, influx of kid-oriented but also... You know, the Reddit and, uh, for lack of a better term, the nerd world was really jump Like, Pendleton Ward, like, that guy's a nerd, right? With that name? <laughs> like, Pen- I mean, yeah. Pendleton? Okay, so like, it just makes sense. It just felt like a fake, like, if it, fe- it felt like a cartoon nerd's wet dream for their show to come up. Because his name was Pendleton? Pendleton Ward, yeah. <laughs> So I just felt like he was like, I think I meant for this life. The life chose him I, I just will, based on his name. You know, like self-fulfilling, like Chad is always going to be a fucking bro, right? Like Pendleton is going to create a multi-layered adventure themed cartoon show for kids that winds up being mostly, uh, you know, talked about by adults. I, I, yeah, it's just I, destiny at that point. Yeah, I, I know yeah. what you're getting at. So. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Do, um, Eric, do you know, some people worked on Flapjack. I think... G- well, okay, so I guess just to to give you some illumination on the context, Flapjack predates Adventure Time by a couple years, I believe. Mm. Right, Eric? Yeah. I So that's a show that I've never watched. Okay. Um, I'll f- well, I actually have a podcast that goes through every single episode of Flapjack, so we'll have to have you guys on. Oh. Okay. Cross Do you go in order? I go backwards, reverse order. <laughs> but in the order of the season. So I go backwards from the last episode of the first season, and then go to season two, but start at the last episode of my work and work my way back. Okay. Yeah. That seems, sounds like a good entry point to the series. Oh no, you, you're, you're pretty right. Um, Flapjack premiered in 2008. Um, and then it ended in 2010 and this adventure time premieres in 2010. I do know that so I don't um, have a lot of material for my podcast. I ran out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't on that one, but I believe that, uh, I think it's J J G Quintel who was, well, I think it's J G Wentworth. <laughs> JG Wentworth, it's my money and I want it now. Now, yes, and uh, be here now, JG Wentworth, JG, <laughs> R- Baba <Wentworth>. JG, <laughs> um, uh, but JG Quintel from from uh 
from regular show, I believe, worked on Flapjack. Okay. Well, check, it felt check like that the fans. same world. No, I, yeah, yeah. And like that, I guess your question was, when did I first become aware of it? Immediately when it came out, because I was paying attention to that whole to that whole world, and it yeah. just seemed like it, it seemed like the natural progression of where that whole thing was. Yeah, going. yeah. It's almost like a revival. I mean, I don't know. We, How much into the history of like cartoons and all the shit do you guys get into on this podcast? As as much as we want. As deep. We haven't yeah. done too much of that. Mara talked about it a little bit, but right. See, I never watched Cartoon Network all that much as a kid. I was more oh. of a Nickelodeon guy. But it seems Same. the shows that I really like from Cartoon Network are sort of in this modern yeah. era, which yeah. seemed to start around 2008. Right. Well, yes, I was 2008. Always, I was always big on, and that's the year I graduated high school. And I was always big on Adult Swim. It just felt like a natural progression of what Adult Swim was doing in Cartoon Network and that whole. Yeah, yeah. that's something right. I want to read more about. I do know that I think that it it was in sort of intentional to grab a, maybe a, a later audience, like you know your twelve, thirteen, fourteen year olds, with something like Adventure Time, with regular show, with Flapjack. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I actually I went down the the neighborhood store, UPS store to to ship something and there were a bunch of uh like they also have a great 20, bar there <laughs> great bar in the ups store there's a 21 year olds and they were like working there and they were talking about regular show so obviously i'm gonna butt in um and i was telling them i was watching adventure time well, i don't know what regular show is regular show is another in this whole era um show that came out probably a couple years after adventure time i think it started before regular show yeah I think regular show is a little bit late, like a 2011, 2012. Because they have nine seasons. Let's. I'm, I'm finished. A was it years also ago. created by a guy with the? Oh, t- 2009 is a regular show. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, this is all in the same what era. What was the of name Adventure of the creator? Time. Was it JG Quintel? That, that was, was also JG Wentworth. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is JG Wentworth. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was uh, the f- the creative director of Flapjack. I knew that. I knew it. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's all in the same thing. And then I guess like, and then Rick and Morty comes out a bunch later, but that seems almost like a culmination of almost like this thing with what Adult Swim does into this like, with the, it, like it was perfect. Propelled, propelled by pretension. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't like uh, Rick and Morty? I don't dislike it. I, listen, I love Rick and Morty, but the toxicity of the fan base has yep. soured it for me a little bit. Yeah, that's really all I know, and that's like again as kind of an outsider to this world with someone who just likes culture, and I I like I like how culture responds to things. Yeah, um, I was I was way more interested in in how the rabid fan base, and as like, you know, as a as a person who loves the Grateful Dead and loves all that sort of stuff, just always interested to see how the fan base reacts to whatever it is that's being created and how yeah. other people perceive it. And then how they interact with other fan groups. And at the time Reddit was getting so big, it just seemed like a perfect storm of perfect storm of nerddom. Um and like online pretension, you know, forum and all that sort of stuff. And it felt like that took over the narrative of what that show was. Yeah, I, it yeah. is. I mean, look, it's one of my f- I mean, are we t- are we covering like very like covered ground? I don't I don't really No, know. we haven't really talked about well, that, yeah. this okay. uh this sort of context. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, look. Thankfully, though, the it seems like the fan base for Adventure Time and some of the other related shows on Cartoon Network of this era have a little bit more camaraderie. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of 
like this and Steven Universe, it seems sort of like a big clubhouse where everyone's having fun and palling around. Like you're not going to get people I love some palling. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think in the Adventure Time fandom, it seems like people are going to come in and dunk on you mm. for like <laughs> you didn't know this in the canon. You know, it's I don't. Yeah, I don't want to get dunked on. <laughs> you don't. Um, I want to be set up for success. Well, let's set up for. Well, now we're set up. We've we've done the setup. Now Are let's we, get we, to we the spend success. Most of the time trashing Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, let's get to the success. And let's <laughs> we just alienated seventy percent of your fan of your live listening fan base right now. <laughs> I do. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> I like Rick and Morty. Uh, <laughs> never watched it. So oh, so you haven't actually watched I it? I mean, I've seen episodes, but that's what I was saying. Is I've never, as someone who's like never watched it, I only oh. know the fan. That's why it's interesting to me because I've only heard about the fan base. <laughs> And li- read about the fan base and how they talk, yeah, to each other <laughs> and people outside of it. It's a, it's worth a watch. It's very funny. Um, but, yeah. but anyway, we're talking about Adventure Time, and I think we need to talk about the episode, Eric. Episode discussion. All right, so it's season three, episode twelve, the creeps. The creeps, creepy crawly. All right, so this is a fun episode. It was like a, it was a fun, lighthearted. Yeah, it's it's very much a genre episode. genre episode. Yeah, like the BMO cowboy episode. Yeah, are you guys into horror at all? I am tangentially into horror. Um, I and, and what I mean is that every time I watch a horror film, I love it. Um, I I've seen all the Halloweens. I've seen a ton of. Uh, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've seen a lot of the perennial ones, but I'm not a scholar by any means. What about you? Eric? I kind of feel the same way. I don't dislike it by any means, but it's not something I seek out. Mm-hmm. It's like when I find myself watching something in that genre, I, I usually have fun with it. Do, do you uh, have any favorites? You know what? I just recently watched uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Mm. Oh, that they was... Put it, they put it on HBO Max. Awesome. It was great. On first watch, I liked that more than Get Out, which I know I'm like the only person in the world mm-hmm. to say that. But uh, it had to me, it had a lot more to say. It was messier, and it wasn't as concise as Get Out, which had like a very clear, you know, which was really cool about it. But Us had a lot more like it left it, it left you with way more questions. Yeah. It was very Shyamalanian. Yeah, if that if that's that's a word. Shyamalama <laughs> Ding Dong, I think is. I saw both in theaters. Yeah, and I liked both equally. Nice, but I also liked the village by M Night Shyamalan. So, what does that say about my taste? We like the village. We, we like the village. We talked about. Oh this. yes, okay. We like the village, and <laughs> lots of people don't like the village. I thought it was great. Yeah, that was a great twist. I don't yeah, think it was the same. It got me. I thought that got me too. And yeah. we talked about this that that's one of the twists, and that people are like, that's when I stopped liking M Night Shyamalan. Mm. That's like I never had having friends being like, I saw that coming from a mile yeah, away. It's a bunch of Rick and Morty fans saying that shit. I bet. <laughs> Uh, Adam, do you have any favorite horror movies or or Halloween? So I have stuff? I have an interesting relationship with horror movies in that my dad was Ed Gein, uh, so <laughs> all of the movies like based off of him, it just kind of hits home a little bit. So so then in your house, let me hear about the the lamp. Mom, Sean, What's up? Sean's busted in again. Oh, he's got another bag of treats. Let's see what it is. Is it poke? <laughs> it's not poke. Ah, oh. oh, it's a donut. Bad news, Nick. They didn't have your order. Oh, no. What'd you get me? <laughs> Two glazed donuts. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to eat one for myself. That's pretty good. Peace out, boys. All right. Bye, Sean. Bye, bye Sean. <laughs> All right. 
So my relationship with horror movies, I saw Halloween in seventh grade and I didn't sleep for a week. Really? It freaked me the, the fuck out. The original out. or the Rob original, Zombie? Original okay. Halloween. I don't like new horror movies. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I wouldn't watch any of those. It's too much gore and violence for me. I get, it scares me. I can't sleep. But I, I mean, I love Get Out. I love us. Like, I love the new modern, like, thriller type stuff. You're but not going to watch Saw. No, I, would not, I don't watch that sort of stuff. <laughs> it, it keeps me up at night because of the, the violence. And again, uh, growing up in, you know, with my dad being Ed Gein, I just saw such crazy <laughs> stuff. So it, it so just brings me back. Your lamps. Sorry, I'm eating. Um, your lamps were, they were made of human flesh? Entirely made of human flesh. And oh, okay, bones. got it, got it. And so it, it, it plays into, and I won't get into the details because it's quite disgusting, but let's just say I, I didn't have to look too far for masks for Halloween. <laughs> for trick-or-treating. Yeah, so, so really, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's more of a PTSD for it's you. It's more like a home movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seen it. Next. Yeah, seen it. <laughs> yeah, it does. She runs to the fields. We chop her up. Let's go. Yeah. I actually find myself fact-checking that movie a little bit more than... <laughs> yeah. So, okay, the slasher genre is not one that was specifically referenced in this episode Mm-mm. of Adventure Time, thankfully. No. They did take a more more of a classic spin on it. Yeah, it's a it's a classic whodunit. Yeah, there's, there's elements of... Uh, Clue. That is the first note, and Nick, can you attest to this in my notebook? I see it. Clue. My first note was this is the beginning was Clue. Although when they had the outside, they were walking into the mansion. There was a box, and they said, "Put these on." I immediately thought of Eyes Wide Shut. Well, actually, I wrote that down too. Do you not see my? Um... <laughs> and it also said "Where me," which I thought could be interesting and interpreted as "Where am I?" Oh. Where me? Um and uh you know just kind of playing into the mysterious nature of it but yeah. maybe I was trying too hard to read into it. The other big reference yeah. that I caught was House on Haunted Hill. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what I wanted to actually ask questions about because sure. the, the whole episode is reference is just all references for the most part, which I feel like a lot of Halloween or or any like genre episode is going to be for a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um. I was going to ask questions about how frequently as a whole are our episodes just like kind of one sort of reference after another. Like there's Shining, there's Clue, there's Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, it's usually not as overt as this episode was. Yeah, they don't lean too heavily on references in this show. It's it's a lot of natural invention. They might play, they do play with tropes and stuff and subvert them in really fun ways. And we've talked about that, but they don't necessarily like directly reference things. I, I I will say is that in this, there's definitely allusions to things like The Shining or Clue, but they don't really go overt. Like not like Simpsons style. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's not quite a Treehouse of Horror thing where it's a where it's a parody. Yeah, it's just like a, it's a, a tribute. Yeah, they they put little things in there, and it's like, but they it's very Adventure Time, and they you know all the character traits are uh, are there. Um, yeah. I would say, and it, yeah. It does actually tie in nicely to a lot of other episode threads mm-hmm. in the show, too. And they reference past episodes. Um, apparently, the ghost we see towards the end of the episode comes back in a later episode. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, I forgot about that arc entirely. I forget which season that reappears in, but that's she's, a really messed up one. Yeah, she's scary. <laughs> so, all right, so here's a little bit of plot just to, like, if you're listening and you haven't seen the episode, I'll do it really quick. Don't worry, it's not going to be painstaking this time. But Finn and Jake <laughs> pull up to... Um, 
uh, mysterious, what would you call this, mansion. And they come inside. Everyone, all their friends are there. They've been gathered. BMO, Cinnabon Bun, PB, uh, LSP. And they all have like weird names they've been given on their invitation. And as they're sitting around, they're like, all right, like, like, uh, why are we here? What's up? Cinnamon Bun has like a letter on his back. It says, hey, like one of you in this room is a ghost. And they like all start freaking out. Cinnamon Bun's like, oh my God. And it says, if you try to leave, you're going to die. And Cinnamon Bun, who is, you know, kind of dumb, runs and tries to leave and immediately is like the lights flicker and then he becomes a skeleton of himself. Um, Which is a throwback to a previous episode, Mystery Train, where that happens to all these candy people where they just turn. Which is an Elvis song. Oh, wow. Mystery Train's an Elvis song? Mm Mm-hmm. It's also an Adventure Time episode, I guess. Um, <laughs> I loved about CB's skeleton is that it was so big. Like, yeah, his I wrote skeleton, that down too. Well, I wrote that why does the potato have a skeleton, but I guess potato. he's not a potato. I don't know right. what he was, but I wrote down why he's mostly skeleton. Yeah, I know. He's, <laughs> he's extremely anthropomorphic underneath the candy exterior. I know. It's like if you were to eat, if you were to eat him, it wouldn't be like eating some of the other candy people where they're just like a peppermint. It'd be like you'd get a lot of bone inside of that. Are we bun. speaking hypothetically? No, you can eat no. the candy people. Okay. Like they are eaten in the show, like frequently. <laughs> it's it's harrowing. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole kingdom. Uh, can, there's the candy kingdom, and Princess Bubblegum is the princess, and she has made all candy people and all everything and the in the kingdom is made out of candy. Anyway, they're going, and then they're like, "Okay, who's gonna who? Which one of us is the uh, is the ghost?" Bimo is like, or I think is it Finn goes, "Bimo, do your ghost detection thing." Bimo takes out a uh, like a a lamp to like take pictures of everyone. Takes a picture of everyone when they takes when Bimo takes Jake's um, picture. Jake has no reaction, which is very suspicious. It makes everyone think that Jake is the ghost. Turns out that Bimo doesn't have a ghost detector. He just likes taking pictures. <laughs> Classic Bimo. Classic Bimo. With his bear mask. Um, <laughs> and then they decide to split up. Bimo and Jake are going to check out the basement, and PB and Finn are going to check out upstairs. And then they go down to the basement. Um, Jake says, Hey, Bimo, lay some truth on me. Is this Finn just pulling a prank? To which Bimo says, When bad thing." When bad things happen, you want to believe it's a joke. Sometimes life is scary and dark. That's what Bimo says as they descend into the darkness. Classic Bimo. Classic Bimo. <laughs> Telling it like it is. Um, they get down there. They find like a um, a glow stick. It's spooky. And then Bimo is abducted by a ghost. Ah! They go back upstairs. And one of the biggest laughs in the episode comes here where... Jake comes up and screaming, hey, everybody, we have to go get Bimo. Um, Finn's like, ah, Finn picks up Princess Bubblegum and oh my gosh. launches her from the second floor to the first floor onto a couch. He launches himself to do the same. And then they're just talking to Jake like nothing's happened. <laughs> Me and Sean were like, we're, we're yelling about that. I know. What? <laughs> I was freaked out. It was so good. Poor Princess Bubblegum. But, she's, but- she had no reaction to it. I know she's just totally cool with it. I I mean, obviously it didn't hurt her. I guess. I guess she she's made of literal bubble gum. So yeah, so she's not really gonna get hurt. Um, and then then there's also it's a cartoon. So yeah, it's 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 rare you would see such 
violence? I don't know. Anyway, then then they're screaming. It's LSP, Lumpy Space Princess. She's screaming, and and uh, she's just in the bathroom because she's Lumpy Space Princess and is gross and terrible. Um, she's taking a monster shit. Monster. Is that something that she's done on the show before? Not that I recall. But it's, I don't think so. But Not it's very explicitly. in character. Hmm. <laughs> what did you think of that character? It, remi- it reminded me of my mother. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know if you want to say that. <laughs> did you enjoy did you enjoy lsp lumpy well, space princess um yeah i i didn't i don't know who brad is he sounds like a great guy <laughs> oh yeah so she's all torn up because she's, she's broken up she's with torn brad up, torn up with brad um this it sounds episode. like there's a lot of gossip around that and yeah. i think jake even called that out yeah you know, the goss I want to know more about what happened between her and Brad. I'm less concerned oh. with the ghosts, and I want to know more about Lumpy's Space Princess's personal life. Well, you can go back and listen to episode nine of Adventure Guys. Where we talk all about it. <laughs> she is a very... I would say this is the fu- some of the funniest um, that she I've seen her because she's a minor character. She gets to come in and just say a couple funny lines and be out of the way. When you get a Lumpy Space Princess-focused episode, it's it's almost a chore because mm. um, I had a lot of questions about her history and like what planet is she from and universe and like is she an actual princess she's from lumpy space okay. yeah she's the princess of lumpy space which is sort of an alternate dimension it's not really part of the world that they're in but she's sort of an outcast and mm. and imagine you know how she talks she talks like the, I can't even do it but she um, I wrote down was it Nick Swartzen who does the voice who was it no it's you actually know? Pendleton Ward Pendleton the Ward of the show. Mm. And uh, so, but they, it's a whole world of people that talk like that and look like her. And it's, it's really annoying. It's, um, it's a bit much to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> but I still didn't like her in this episode as small as her role was. <laughs> she, she had some great lines. And one is after she comes out of the bathroom, she goes, my lumpy butt is all hollow. I need to put something in it. <laughs> Which is a feeling we can all relate to. All of us. <laughs> it was really funny. Then she runs into the dining room and uh, she's like, Poor people's castle. Fill my dump truck, and she puts her like belly on the uh, on the thing. What was funny about that is, and I called it out to Sean, but she was like, "Poor people's castle. Fill my dump truck," and it was like a Polly Shore like cadence. Mm. I don't know if either of you heard that. I didn't pick I up didn't... on the Polly Shore, but I just learned a lot about Polly Shore because there's a whole Comedy Store documentary on Showtime. Oh, really? I didn't know that his mother owned. Yeah, Mitzi. I didn't know Mitzi was his mom. Yeah. Oh, Mitzi I didn't Schoen. know that but, And then, and then so they ended they ended his piece in the thing that he's somehow still making movies. So they're like, oh, I love what you're still doing now. And they showed like a movie that came out this year. <laughs> and he was playing himself sort of like a typical character. And it yeah. threw me off because I was like, oh, you're, you're still doing that? Yeah, I think he's sort of like <laughs> he, he was gone for a long time. And then sort of like Tom Green, like they kind of like mount yeah. like a small fledged uh comeback you know um there should be a podcast on Polly shore's career you know he came to my company's holiday party one year really uninvited uninvited <laughs> where was the party i do not remember the name of it it was in chinatown did he somewhere did he like mistaken you think he mistakenly showed up mm, i think he knew there was cocaine <laughs> your company did, had he, lots and, of cocaine and he just kind of showed up wow that's cool man i loved I loved Polly Shore. I Eric never seen Biodome. I've never really? seen a Polly Shore movie. Have you ever seen Encino Man? In the Army now? 
<laughs> no, I've never seen any of them. Oh man, dude, they're all. I just so know good. again. I just know him as a cultural character. What about a Goofy movie? Oh yeah. Oh, I've seen Goofy movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Does he play Goofy's son? Paulie Shore. He he plays Goofy's son's friend. Goofy's son's friend sounds about right. Who is basically just Paulie Shore <laughs> animated? I think. Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember wanting to have my shoes be untied all the time because the Goofy's son was a skateboarder and his shoes were always untied. So I thought that's what cool people did. It would make Which it turns s- out to be true. It would, it would be so hard to skateboard if your shoes were untied. Well, have you ever had your shoelaces get caught up in the bearings of your skateboard? No, because they're tied. <laughs> yeah. Wait, <laughs> Eric, <laughs> well, we, yeah, we watched, uh, you watch, we watched Biodome, right? In college, me and our the drummer of our college band loved oh, Polly yeah. Shore. I had a I had a f- phase where I watched every Polly Shore movie. Very funny. <laughs> anyway, tangent over. Um, What's the policy? Can we cut for the live audience? What is the policy on tangents? Should I just let you finish the episode now? As long as they're entertaining. <laughs> That's the only rule, and even that is flexible. <laughs> I'd like to get the demographics for the next episode that I'm on, the demographics of the listenership to know whether Polly Shore is too young or too old. Of a I think he's right on. Right on spot. He's right on spot 20, for our target. 28 to 34 is where we do the best. That's the sweet, that's the adventure guys. Hey, all you advertisers, you want that sweet, sweet demo. They call that the Polly Shore demographic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, Just a little too young to I have grown it. up with him. <laughs> but old enough to know he was he was the in the goofy movie yeah um yeah. and on mtv um yeah. <laughs> back to the episode discussion um so anyway they're there they're in the goddamn uh dining room trying to figure out who it is let's speed it through um <laughs> uh jake and they're and pb and lumpy space prince are all looking at each other like like what the hell because BMO got taken down in the uh, in the basement, uh, characters just start dropping like dropping flies like flies. Point. Yep, exactly. So then uh, Princess Bubblegum gets taken out by this ghost, and then Lumpy Space Princess is transported into a painting inside of the dining room, which is a pretty cool effect. It, That's a reference to a movie. I forget which one. It is. I don't remember either. Um, and then anyway, she they um they run upstairs and as they're running upstairs jake gets like a splinter in his paw and is then abducted by a ghost and then finn runs into a room and you think he's going to be safe for a little bit but uh uh-uh because what emerges from like a bookshelf and from the thin air really is this frightening ghost of a woman which literally made me go ah like it is spooky. Like the way yeah. her eyes are and the glowing like green orb around her is like is scary. But Finn, like the true hero he is becoming, picks up a chair and just like violently smashes four holes and then punches out and then runs through it. I was like, holy shit, that was awesome. <laughs> that is not how I would have solved that problem. No, but me neither. Gone, uh, what, That's why we're not heroes. I would have gone back through the door that I just walked in. I, I don't think, know if I would smash the the wall. I think at that point the ghost is sort of blocking the door. Um, but anyway, then he starts sending this like spiral staircase, and as it's going, you get like a very great horror sound, which is a bowed symbol. Did you catch that, Eric? Oh no! I You're didn't. getting bowed symbol. That's like in you didn't stereo. Catch that? Do you even have you? Be honest. Did you watch the episode? <laughs> Did you catch it? Normally, when you I'm, pointed it out. I'm very finely attenuated to bowed cymbal sounds in my entertainment, yeah. but I don't know what I was thinking this time. I just 
escape me. That's you don't expect to hear it in a cartoon. I love bowed symbol. That's like one of my favorite sounds. So anyway, he goes up into this like sort of lighthouse like orb thing. He thinks he's gonna die, and out comes the ghost, and it's Lady Rainicorn and Jake. Yeah, honestly, that was a great twist because you know I've obviously seen all the episodes of Adventure Time multiple multiple times, but. I don't remember every detail, and this twist still got me. Mm-hmm. That's oh, awesome. Oh, it's Lady Rainicorn. It got you probably too, Adam, because you didn't know that uh, she was even a character. <laughs> I had a feeling it was all going to work out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it wasn't the last episode of the series, so I had that benefit <laughs> going into it. So I was like, how could they fill uh, however many more seasons of this if all the main characters die in this one Halloween episode? Yeah. Uh. Unless there was a Treehouse of Horror type thing where they do all die and can come back. Right. But I didn't think, I wasn't getting that vibe. If you're not already acquainted with the character of Lady Rainicorn, it might come across a little deus ex machina to just like have this character that can fly and phase through walls all of a sudden. But thankfully she has been well introduced in the series at this point mm-hmm. and it did it did make a lot of sense it's like one of those twists that you're like oh how did i not see this before? yeah those are like established lady rainicorn so, powers question is how did they coordinate all of this because none of them seem to have cell phones or laptops <laughs> well they're all they have cell phones do they have email Yes, I think they have email. Jake said they were working on it for months. Right. They do have um, cell phones. There is an episode, I can't remember where, I've just in my ether, where uh, it's like an offhanded conversation, and Jake is like talking to Finn. He's like, hey, man, you don't want to be one of those weird guys that doesn't have a cell phone. Mm. It's like, you just, just keep it and just just keep, just to keep so in does, touch with your friends. Does the unicorn have a cell phone? Oh, and actually, LSP has a cell phone. Lumpy Space Princess has a cell phone in the episode, I think, because... She was using it as a light because when she gets mm. in the painting. That's right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I thought that was actually funny. I laughed at that part when she got sucked into the painting. Yeah. Very shining reference. A little oh, Mario. Yeah, That's a little bit is, Mario 64. Oh, <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah. But Adam, I am with you though on how did they coordinate all this? Because what I wanted to know was were, and what do you guys think? So, so Finn was coordinating this as a prank on Jake. Right. I didn't meaning, understand the whole, I, the, I have so many questions about it. Yeah. So I'm glad we're getting into it right off the bat. Yeah. So uh, only like, 45 minutes into the recording, <laughs> are we getting into the questions? Yeah. Well, so exactly. So he, he, I'm even confused as an avid watcher of the right. show. So, so Finn is trying to pull a prank on Jake. He's getting back at Jake from a prior prank, which is referenced in the but episode. They don't set that up right away. Do they? They set they that's the end. That's in the middle. Right. So mm, this is, yes, this is right. the house on Haunted Hill format yeah. where they're in this spooky house and one person's trying to murder someone else under the guise of it being ghouls and creepy shit. Mm-hmm. And then the person that's the target figures it out and flips it back on that person. But then nobody knows what's real and what's not. And it's like, is there something real happening too? Yeah. So, so I guess, but I guess what my, in thinking about, so I, we know where Finn plays in, and we know where Jake plays in, but there's still Cinnamon Bun, Bimo, Lumpy Space Princess, and Princess Bubblegum. Mm-hmm. So you start wondering, it's like, who was in on what? Like, mm-hmm. Finn would have gotten everybody in to play a prank on Jake, right? Um, but then Jake now has figured it out and got ahead of it, and now also. So that means sort of like Princess Bubblegum, Lumpy Space Princess, Cinnamon Bun, and Bimo. They are, all had to double-cross Finn. Yeah, they all had to double-cross. Yeah. <laughs> Which means maybe Finn doesn't... Th- have the best friends that he thought he did. 
I know. And they, uh, they, I, I was like, they were acting pretty good. Like, Cinnamon Bun, is he smart enough to pull that off? Also, no, that's why they take him out first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they both take I, him off the board as soon as possible. Yeah. What is the prank? How did they turn him into a skeleton without actually hurting him? Um, they, I mean, there's magic? like there's some magic involved, I would assume. Uh, yeah, I, to, I, guess, I mean, it could never happen in real life, so I imagine there's some sort of suspension yeah. of disbelief. That particular gag was used in an earlier episode, so I think they're just like, eh, we have the audience's trust with that at this point. Okay. We don't need to. It's already it season three, episode 12. They can get away with anything. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a major plot hole. Hit it. What is it? Uh, when Jake and Bimo go down into yeah. the dark basement. I, I have that written I was, that's, down here, too. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It, like, this actually does not make sense. They scared the, the um, Bimo. Yeah was legitimately frightened about that ghost. Well, so maybe not everyone maybe not everyone was in on it except the princess and the the unicorn thing just just got Pimo. Just got Pimo. Well, <laughs> yeah. now what I what I did think about though is if I was Jake really trying to pull this off, if I was instructing everyone, I would say whether or not you think Finn is watching you, act along because Finn is crafty and Finn could have come down into that basement at any given time. Like just because he wanted to, or because something was happening. So uh, giving them the benefit of the doubt, that's what I would say, but I don't know if that's really good enough. Or maybe BMO wasn't in on it. I don't know. It's, it's definitely confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. It's not clear. I mean, BMO could have been, (laughs) it might even be smart to not keep, BMO in on it on either side of things because BMO would be a real wild card. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's absolutely the Charlie day. <laughs> yes. Of this dynamic. Um, you got any other notes uh, over there, Adam, that we, Let's see. any other questions? I thought there's some good ghostbusters references here. Seem very ghostbusters yeah. with paintings again, coming to life and shining. Kind of yeah, similar. Yeah. I thought, um, the lumpy space princess throwing up when Brad kissed her was very baby from South Park and Stan. So it, it led me to, and there was the half work shaman, which it would be sort of a Lord of the Rings kind of dungeons. And where oh. did orcs originate oh. from? Is that Lord of the Rings or is that, is that just a known thing pre, is that just like Do you know? the canon of, yeah, of it's a good fantasy? question. I don't know. I, that particular reference I think is directly, uh, referencing world of Warcraft. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Uh, I did. I did see that on the wiki page. Um, there's a Warcraft character that is a half orc shaman. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know his name. I I don't know anything about Warcraft, but yeah. that was apparently a direct reference. That's cool. Now, like, yeah, I just watching it, it. There were so many like sort of baked in references that weren't so obvious. Yeah. Um, and stay with me on this, and we can cut this out. But um, <laughs> hit it. As a fan of the band Fish, oh, I can't wait to hear where this goes. So, like, people like Fish because it's like every type of genre, like, uh-huh. kind of slammed together, and it's like a lot of direct callouts, but like not always a direct callout. Yeah. And like, there's ACDC and and there's Black Sabbath and there's all like all the hard rock bands, but there's bluegrass and there's mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. I feel like Adventure Time has the same signposts as what makes great bands like Fish like have a huge fan base because it's not just about the show it it is a vehicle f- and like it sits at the center of the canon and the culture of this like sort of fantasy adventure sure. 
cartoon world and it it is like a prism of all those references and they can take from that whenever they want but they can but that it's also original and i just couldn't help but notice that um that the show just immediately jumped out to me as like oh i sort of know that references like it just hit all the parts of my brain that go oh i kind of know that but i'm not totally sure it just did a really it's just that's what i was from a creative standpoint i guess was sort of drawn to it and understand why there's such fandom around it because it it is constant like reflection of what all the culture is but it's its own unique narrative and storyline with its own unique characters yeah i think a lot of its appeal comes from the fact that it is very much self-sustaining like its story its characters are all interesting of their own accord uh so you don't have to know all the references but if you do pick up on them you enjoy it more Mm -hmm. yeah that's and cool. Like, I, the, like we were talking about the Simpsons too. Like the Simpsons yeah. is more like parody based, but so like, you know it and you're laughing at it. And you're making fun of stuff, but this is more like, it feels like this show is Pendleton Ward or, you know, the creators just like bringing in all the references of shit that they like, which I think is why like shows like stranger things. That's something I wrote down to stranger things does the same thing where it's a little bit of a tribute. It's its own narrative but it's kind of just a, an amalgamation of like all the shit about this certain genre and it all they try to get as much in as possible because they're just fans of it. And I feel like I see the same thing happening from a writing standpoint for the show. So that's why I was sort of drawn to it and why I want to watch it more now because I think I could get into it when it, when it comes down to it. All right. Yeah, absolutely. That's positive. Is that is that something you guys I have, like, is that something is that am I stating the obvious with that? Is that something no, that's you, just so blatantly no, clear? I, what I would say is I think that it was a great theory. I really back it. Um <laughs> you know, I guess I would say is that's certainly true of this episode. Like that is yeah, exactly this is a good time to zero in on that because this was a reference heavy episode. Reference heavy episode. I would, you should watch the show. It really does pay dividends um, because like it is, it's 283 episodes, I believe. Mm. And it, it's a continuous storyline, like um, through all these episodes, like everything matters. Um, What I would say is, is that there definitely are references and they're, they are definitely standing on the backs of like the culture and their forebears. But I don't necessarily know if it's, if I would go so far as to say it's like, I don't know. What do you think, Eric? Like reference being so reference heavy. Like they definitely I, it wouldn't I wouldn't even call it references. Like for Stranger Things, like they don't reference all these movies, but it's like the bad guy is like kind of Terminator, but they don't really talk about Terminators, but it's like a callback. And it's just like an homage. It's like a tip of the hat yeah. to these things. Well so I just see it and again, this episode is heavy with that. Yeah. So maybe not every episode is like that. So maybe it's a wrong Maybe it's a wrong. Apparently, uh, in Stranger Things, there's some great YouTube uh, essays on Stranger Things where it's like they do shot for shot um, remakes yes, from yes. from like famous Most encounters movies. of the third kind. Yeah. is a big one. All those shows. Yeah, yeah where they Horror like movies. literally d- recreate the shot from that movie in this. Um, but I agree. I-, I like that man. So which one's Trey? Well, I don't think it. It's obviously Finn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake is the drummer. He's fish. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it, dude. I mean, coming from you, that's a high compliment. I just, yeah, I like it. I like that theory a lot. Um, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Pull me down on this because if the show is truly, if it is more about the originality, I think there's probably a ton of originality 
And that's the probably the main point of every episode is it's all this well random. It's like these twists and turns, and it's not necessarily always call outs. But the other episode you showed me, I can't remember, but I got very heavy like Zelda temple, yes, like level vibe. So I was like, this yeah. isn't an exact like play by play of what that was, but like my brain is going off and like exactly this reminds no, me of Zelda. No, you're you're. We talked about that on what was that the last episode or two episodes ago. It was a dungeon. I showed him a dungeon episode um, yeah. as the first episode. And it's like, yeah, like Zelda definitely comes through. Yeah. One of the, That's one of the writers very... and like story writers, the most famous one, maybe who uh, Rebecca sugar, who created Steven universe is like on the record as a huge Zelda fan. And it's a big influence. So you're like dead on the money there, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's sort of like what fish do. like fish aren't like, they do do a lot of covers, I guess, but like in their original music, they're not like specifically referencing yeah. a cover but they're like taking from it and it's it's, it's the th- tips and tricks of rock and roll and they just play every they they do every bag of tricks that yeah. there is in rock and roll to do hey you're you know what so i'm on like, i'm, f- I'm I, on board i feel like the show <laughs> they've identified what the tips and tricks are yeah. of this genre and they pick and choose whenever they want and they throw it in and they know their audience is gonna like get the tip of the hat and if they don't it doesn't matter because it's still really original yeah. and interesting like fish like fish, yeah. Sweet. Anyone who knows me who's listening to this is like, you fucking why? <laughs> why? I'm sure it happens that fish fish do so many covers, right? Right. And they like not always really well known covers. So there's tons of people who are at a fish yeah. show all the time not knowing the cover. Yeah. Well, I, I think less about the covers and even more about the original the original songs where it is like, oh yeah, that's sort of like a groove from this, and it's a piece of that, and like the, they yeah. do the double time here, and it like kind of calls back. To uh, basically, it's all just stairway to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great! I love that, Adam. Thank you for bringing that in. That's a great insight. Um, I think it's time, though, to ask the biggest question of them all. Yes, I did. <laughs> was, you, was the was the song asking? No, me? no, no. No one. All right, Adam. Did you see the snail? Yeah. Yes. I was answering the question, but it was being sung to me, so I didn't know if I was legitimately <laughs> if I had to answer it. No, the, there's a cadence to this segment. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking it up. Should we start over? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We should. Start oh, okay. Over. Start over. Adam, did you see the snail? Yes. Now ask Nick. Nick, did you see? <laughs> You're looking at me with so much anticipation of answering this question. Did you see the snail? I did see the snail. I saw oh. the snail with my own two eyes. Nobody helped me this time. It was the first oh, solo snail seeing that I did. I solo got out of the chair. Triple S. I was fucking uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, that movie Once Hollywood. Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And I, I ran up and I was screaming. It was the most excited so I've gotten about anything in the last seltzer, couple weeks. Beer. What? In the meme, he's drinking beer. You're drinking seltzer. Just yes, I clear. was drinking seltzer. Yes. Um, it was the most excited about, I've been about anything in, in weeks. Um, hell yeah. Eric, did you see the snail? Yeah, baby. I saw the snail. Oh, Play that theme I song. Saw the snail. Looking in the scenery throughout the land of Ooh. We 
episode once i was looking for it i misread nick's text thinking there are two snails in each episode i don't know why it was a busy day and i was trying to look for two snails i saw zero snails i came over we watched it again i think your internet was kind of conking out yeah and then and then the screen froze right when there was a snail on screen so that's how i saw it and 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 sean said Sean, you know the thing, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, about seeing the snail." And then I looked back at the TV. I was like, "Oh, there it is." Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and Nick got really mad. I was like, "Sean, that, that's like they're taking the fun out of the game." He asked if he knew the thing right before, like literally a second before the as, snail was going as, as the episode, as the thing on the screen is just chopping along real slow. <laughs> yeah, like one frame before it's going to be up there. He's like, "Just, just Adam know the thing," and I was like, "Dude," and, and he was like, "Why are you mad at me?" I'm like. There's only one thing to know about the podcast. <laughs> That's did you see the snail? Oh well, I'm glad you saw it. Um, I will say though, I was, I guess I was probably mad because I was so proud to have finally seen the snail on my own. Um, but beginner's luck. Beginner's luck. Uh, Eric, I was, I was like, I was hoping you wouldn't see it because I still haven't heard your song congratulating me. Yeah, I ha- still haven't <laughs> written it. Oh yeah. I'm, I've been putting it off because every time I watch the episodes, I'm just like, oh, well, I saw the fucking snail, so there's no need for me to pretend that Nick is going to be the only one. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So I still haven't written it. <laughs> Have you guys um, seen the article about um, how snails are becoming the pandemic pet? No. <laughs> People are buying snails? Over the past few months, you may have noticed some slimy new pets crawling out of the scene. Snails. Ooh, where, where's, where's this article from? The New Yorker. Ooh. <laughs> nope, sorry. New York Mag. Okay. Still the strategist. Oh, Ooh. Strat- strategist investigates. Take us through And there's a, it. kind of a sexy picture of a hand with a snail on it. Is the snail sexy or is it the hand? Mm, oh, it's both. The snail. It's both. <laughs> I was going to say both. Um, we we also did an episode on sexy snails. Oh yeah, we did. What was that episode ten? Yeah, eight of Adventure Guys. Oh man, there's snails all over this woman's face, <laughs> and she's not happy about it. But, but she's, she's also—it's kind of a Mona Lisa thing where it's like, what is the expression? Yeah, huh? I guess it's provocative. I just watched Da Vinci Code, so I'm a little Mona. I'm like, 
I'm noticing there's a cryptex in here somewhere. Are so? Do you think snails are good pets? Mm, no, I don't think they reciprocate the uh, <laughs> the affection given. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no, no. There, there are definitely some like oversized, like crazy subtropical snails that people keep as like pets, and they're like the size of guinea pigs or something. Yeah. Whoa, really? I always, I still say my my stray dad that I had as a pet was the best pet ever. So I, there's a high bar. <laughs> Hi, hi, don't quite. For anyone who's made it this far in the episode, that's, dads, a, that's called a callback. Dads love back. <laughs> um, Eric, I have a question for you. On through all your very rigorous years of touring, have you ever stayed at a house that had a really weird pet? Um, because I feel like people inviting you to crash at their house for free are the type of people that might mm. have weird pets. I don't. Nothing seemed really like uncomfortably weird. Yeah. But Matt Ellis, also known as Food, the saxophone player from Kill Lincoln, uh-huh. he has like a reptile room. Wow. I don't know how many lizards and snakes and other unknown reptiles he owns, but there's like dozens of terrariums. He has an entire room in in his apartment that's just dedicated to reptiles. Wow. And it was a little surprising. Yeah. Where does he live? Where does where that band from? D.C. D.C., yeah. I thought so. Virginia. Yeah. Wow. That's very hmm. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt's, Matt's an awesome guy. He's a really good saxophone player, and he is a reptile enthusiast. Yeah. Wow. You've been You've been on the road a lot. Have you ever stayed anywhere on the Halloween theme that you felt was haunted? Truly. Uh, I don't think so, no. man. When you're on tour and you're staying in weird places, most of the time you're just so freaking tired that there could be like, you know, shining style twin little girls bleeding throughout the hallway mm. and you would just pass out because you're so tired. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I would hope if you saw twin girls bleeding in the hallway, you would call 911. You wouldn't be too tired to do that. But I, I get surprised. the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm just thinking about an all, when I went on tour with you for a week, all the places we stayed. What a fun time! Yeah, nowhere, t- nowhere too too weird. Yeah, that was kind of a okay week, I guess, in terms of crash spots. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. I'm trying to think of where we were, but it wasn't anything too out of out of the ordinary. Well, I stayed at a haunted bed and breakfast on tour once. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's a story for another time. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll talk about it later. What I, what I wanted to lead into was do you believe in ghosts and i thought i would ask eric first i'm looking at you buddy through this computer no i don't believe you in don't ghosts. believe in ghosts really no yeah neither do i nick <laughs> um i i do yeah sam <laughs> <laughs> oh you do oh yeah i uh i i do i i guess i'm i'm saying this non-committally because i feel like i believe in them like conveniently do you know what i mean like i selectively weather ghost believer yeah like i selectively <laughs> believe in them like sometimes weird stuff's happening i'm like i think there's like a an entity here or mm-hmm. a ghost but then like i forget about it for months on end and i'm you know what i mean like yeah. if i really believed in ghosts and i really thought there was a ghost in my room like i remember being a kid feeling like someone was something or someone was watching me sleep and i had to Just like a stray dad outside. <laughs> yeah 
probably what it was. I didn't know about that yet. Um, but no, but it's, I remember literally feeling like there Question, was... Was he skinny everywhere except his belly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now that you mention it, yeah, his silhouette was just a big... Yeah. Was it kind of like Alfred Hitchcock? Yeah. I think you're being haunted by Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I selectively believe in ghosts. That's my answer. Selectively believe in ghosts. Okay. All right. Well, that was. Did you see the snail? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Adver- Am I ruining this fucking episode? I feel <laughs> no, like you keep, I feel like it's Eric great. keeps going. Okay, here's the song now, and then I ruin <laughs> the song, and we have to start over. No, 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 no. No, we. This we is great. Okay, I'm not that insecure. I, it's kind of a bit. Wait, what did you say, Eric? We start our segments over all the time. Yeah. Okay. We always do it wrong. We always go back. We make sure we get a good fresh <laughs> we're start. We're not. Our, our catchphrase in the show is "We're not dogmatic." <laughs> what a great catchphrase that is. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Dogma? Speaking of Kevin Smith from tw- forty-five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Cool, Sam. <laughs> is it a good? Uh, okay, here's the thing. Love Kevin Smith. New Jersey treasure. I'm. I'm from New Jersey. Mm, one man's treasure is another man's trash when it comes to New Jersey. So are you saying Kevin Smith is trash? No, he lives in California now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying he used to be trash. <laughs> so he was so he was trash before he moved. Yeah. So, so all so all the movies he made when he was living in New Jersey are trash. By the trans No, no, no. They're just about trash people. Yeah. They're just about trash people. And the movies are trash. The movies are not trash, but it is about trash people. Huh. People who live in trash. <laughs> right. It's about, what's the Sesame Street guy? Groucho Marx? No. who, who lives Oh, in Oscar the, tr- the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. Groucho Marx. It's totally Hey, any era. listeners out there uh, listening from New Jersey, let us know what you think about this <laughs> podcast. Did you see the mail at gmail.com? Hey, um, on uh, Gmail's competitor, Yahoo just named it the number one most hated state this week. Really? And, and they also named it at the same time the number two most beautiful state <laughs> hmm. which is like a whole which is very true that like encapsulates New Jersey uh, I love New Jersey it's like maybe my favorite state it's probably the best state and if any of the listeners have questions for me you can email me at snailmail at earthlink.net <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I have lots to Why? what were offer. we talking oh we are talking about dogma um Oh, Kevin Smith. yeah, I love Kevin Smith. I, you know, I, I loved all of his movies. I'm all in high school. I'm a little scared to rewatch them. This is sort of like we were talking about in that one TV episode. Like, I'm s- kind of scared to rewatch. Like, I loved Mallrats and I loved Clerks and like they hold such a special place in my heart. I'm, it's just one of those where I'm like scared to rewatch it now as I'm like, you know, my yeah, early they're, 30s. They're all getting sequels too. Oh, cool. Mallrats 2 uh, starts shooting next year, I think. And then Clerks 3 is on the docket as well. Um, did you see the new Jane Silent Bob movie that came out last year? I no. didn't. For that for that reason, because I because I saw like literally every movie. He might have been one of the first directors like, I was like into, you know? Did you see Tusk and Yoga Hosers? I saw Tusk. I think Tusk might have been... And Red State. Maybe Red State was the last one that I saw. Yeah, Kevin Smith is a very different filmmaker now, and he's really more of a podcaster that occasionally swindles a studio into giving him money to make a movie. (laughs) All right, uh, how about some trivia? 
Now there, I I took a glance at the wiki. It seemed like there was some good trivia, right, Eric? A lot of it is just based on the references. Yeah. It's like, did you know that this part means this other thing, and this part is this other movie? Uh, we talked a lot about that. Yeah. Um, I guess trivia. So end of section. <laughs> <laughs> Want to end it? Play the theme again. We're done. No. No, I. Again, I am ruining this fucking podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> This is part of this is this can be part of the bit. Uh, yeah, okay. Did you uh, uh notice any of the Spanish writing throughout the episode? No. Where was that? Uh, just on like pictures and stuff. There's a lot of Spanish around the house. Um, the uh the painting that Lumpy Space Princess gets transported into. Oh yeah. It uh it's a picture of a fox hunt. Like hounds are hunting a fox, uh-huh. and on the bottom of the frame it says la casa del zorro which is the fox hunt and you happen to notice the mask that finn was wearing the whole episode it was a fox it's a fox hmm but what's how does that all connect together yeah what, what does that have to do with foxes what do we have spanish what do we do what do we do with all that information <laughs> i think it's just trying to let us know that finn is the target of the joke Ooh, um, yeah he's the he's the mark he's the fox yeah smart eric um, what does the fox say? <laughs> you know, I, I missed that thing completely until like three years after. Yeah, it. it was like post Gangnam Style. Yeah, I missed it. Post Was oh. it post or pre-Harlem Shake? Post. Harlem Shake yeah. was 2011 or So 12. it was like there was fatigue with these songs that were just all about the repeatable drop. M- maybe. I, I, I remember hearing it at Brooklyn Bowl. Someone DJed it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It was like in like 2017 or 18, and someone was like, dude, it's what does the fox say? And I was like, what that does the That might have been me telling say? you that. Yeah, it was probably you because we are probably Brooklyn Bowl together. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And I was like, what? And like everyone knew it. Yeah. I missed that culture. Sorry. Okay, so the fox... He's the fox. He's the target. That's a good, that's a good clever reference. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, oh, oh, here's a little bit of trivia. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. Um, so when they go to the basement, Jake lights up a glow stick. Yeah. And then later on, he says that he dropped the lighter. Yeah. And I was like, you know, he had a glow stick. That was weird. Apparently, when the episode first aired, like only on its premiere, that scene actually has Jake light a lighter above his head and they changed it. Like they reanimated those frames to have him have a glow stick instead, but they didn't change the dialogue. Interesting. Because they were like, kids shouldn't be playing with lighters. I guess. Whoa. Cartoon network legal. Yeah. Somebody complained. Somebody saw, um, speaking of, did any other, uh, countries censor this thing? I don't know, Adam. That's probably yeah, Adam. This is a thing where like mul- like these episodes, like other countries are like pretty much censoring things in yeah. the Adventure Time episodes, like every single app, hmm. which is wild. Well, like, who's who's on? I I I'm pretty sure that Meatwad and Frylock and uh, are the and Carl are the legal counsel at Cartoon Network. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be they advise on all the important. They decisions. advise on everything. So I. Th- Think they go back to New Jersey. They may, they may, <laughs> New Jersey, recall out. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, it may just be some haphazard decision making over there at Cartoon Network. 
But hey, if anyone that works at Cartoon Network wants to come tell us otherwise, yeah, we love you on the pod. Invitation. That's an open invitation for Cartoon Network's business affairs team <laughs> to come on this podcast and set the record straight. The people yes. want to know. Adam wants to know. <laughs> Why did you get rid of the lighter? And how did you not catch that before it aired in front of millions of kids? <laughs> From what I understand... All of these show creators are constantly pushing the envelope with what they can get mm-hmm. away with. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely got to be some sort of like rule bible on what you can and can't. And it's it's like probably somebody. They're, con- they're consciously like trying to put more in. Yeah. Like they know what where the line is and they're crossing it like just a little bit. And they by doing so move the line. Yeah. There's got to be somebody's job right at Cartoon Network who reviews the episodes. Oh yeah, there's yeah, business affairs yeah. reviews every single script and storyboard. I don't know if they review the um the final product. I think they just review the scripts and the storyboards. Interesting. And I think they do there probably is a review process once it's actually created, but I think it's more heavy in the upfront, so things that get translated between the storyboard and the script when it actually comes to life, I don't think it's such a fine tooth tooth comb. That would make sense, I guess, before That's they my experience in making commercials and marketing and advertising. At least, I guess, before it gets too far, where it's like really hard to change something, it would mm-hmm. make sense to review it. I mean, look, I what I would say though is, is like, Cartoon Network really did stick their neck out for this show and break a lot of new ground with it. You know? Yeah, I was reading. Uh, I, I burned through that Art of Ooh book. Yeah, I just like binge read it. <laughs> That's just yeah. called reading. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I just like one day I just read for seven hours. I just read oh, like yeah. all of this book. What is the book for those that don't know, such as myself? Has it been talked He's about on the it. podcast before? Yeah, it's the, it's basically that for I think from the beginning of the show to to season four, it encapsulates like the all like the the trajectory of the show, making it, getting it made, developed, right? Yeah, it shows you all the outlines and storyboards and everything and how they put it together, what their process is. And they talk about pitching the show and getting it together in the, in the beginning of the production. And not only was this like a very new kind of thing for the network, but it was also at a, a juncture in leadership change. I think they had a, a new CEO at the time. Mm. And this was like the first thing that he greenlit. Wow. So there was a lot of pressure uh, on him to make this a really good show and you know and then he would put the pressure on the creative team to make sure that he was looking good with it uh, so it was like a pretty critical juncture in the history of Cartoon Network like this was the first greenlit show by this guy mm-hmm. I forget his name well they they did a great job as we discussed in the last episode Penn helped put together like a really cool creative team um, and did a great job. Good, job good job so you guys actually like really like this show huh <laughs> Like a lot. Oh, like I love lot. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes sense that you made a podcast about yeah. it. Now. Yeah. It's definitely, as I've watched, it's like, it's the best. I We talked about this on episode five with Mara, and you said it was your favorite cartoon, and I was not ready to answer that question. It's, it's not my favorite cartoon. Oh, it's the best. It's, I think it's the greatest yeah. cartoon. And I, now, having seen so much of it, it is, I agree, it is the greatest cartoon that's been made. Hmm. I, I would say. Um, Most influential, impactful. I think it's going to have a legacy that lasts a really, really long time. Yeah, like I think you could make a really strong case. Like um, 
I think about this a lot where Chuck Klosterman wrote this book and he wrote about how like the legacy of different types of music and different culture and how as time goes on the the canon in which music exists shrinks and shrinks and shrinks to where mm-hmm. classical music which was all music and like encompasses like such right. a long span of time is now, is now just yeah to some people beethoven and mozart and they're talking about reggae for some people it will be in the future could be just bob marley and they were kind of like he he talks a lot about what could rock and roll be? And he's and his thing is that like Chuck Berry or the Beatles, like one of those could be like de- the yeah. defining person of rock and roll. Because what it, what it comes to be is is not even necessarily the most um, popular in its day because those things can fluctuate. As we're already seeing with like bands that were enormously popular in the '60s are not maintaining their relevance now mm-hmm. because of like legacy management or whatever. And that has something to do with it, but also it has to come down to like what exemplifies that genre or that sort of thing best. And he was saying Chuck Berry might be it, maybe the Beatles. I would say with cartoons, like if you were to really zoom out and say what does it like, obviously there's Looney Tunes and a lot of these things that, that you know, Looney Tunes might be the one, right? Or that people remember. But I mean, um, I feel like Adventure Time, like, is going to well, maybe stand. a 20th century cartoons. Yeah. It's really going to I feel like if, now that I've seen so much of it and I watched like so many episodes recently like I'm like this could really stand the test of time. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't I've worked with Chuck Klosterman before. Oh really? On on projects, one project in particular. And I've always thought he's amazingly insightful and and I I but I hadn't whatever you're talking about I haven't read. I have to go. What book is that? Or is it just um, an article? No, no. Is he, this is a book he, he read or wrote, and it came out a couple years ago. It's a book he read and then wrote about it in another book. <laughs> in another book, yeah. It's a book on a book. It's he, a book about all the books he's read. It's <laughs> that he binge read. That he binge read. It's one of his most <laughs> recent books. If you you'll you'll find it. Okay. Seems pretty cool. Man, I wish I hope rock and roll is, is Hendrix. <laughs> Do you? In some That's regards, a good one. that I could mean, be psychedel- psychedelia. I don't know. A rap will be obviously Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a very fun thing to think about and play with. Like stand up comedy is that going to be Jerry Seinfeld? I mean, I don't know if <laughs> if um I don't know. I mean, it's a fun thing to think about and play with, like in your head. Yeah, I mean, it's also weird because the idea idea of like recording history is so much different than it was hundreds of years ago yeah i don't know because i i also think is that like it's it's insane is like there are a lot of subgenres that are kind of in in fandoms that are splitting off and like forming their own canons around them you know what i mean like and those things go up and down in popularity so i don't know maybe in the future we won't just put rock and roll in one bucket maybe there will be a bunch of buckets for it so, Eric, why do you say this is the best cartoon, but not your favorite? Can you unpack that? Uh, my favorite cartoon is Steven Universe. But I think the impact and legacy of Adventure Time is, at this point, greater uh, and probably will remain so. I think it reaches a pretty universal audience that a lot of cartoons don't. Uh, Steven Universe is my favorite, but I think it's a little more niche. I think a lot of people can still enjoy it, but it speaks to me personally in a way that's specific. 
Um, and Adventure Time seems to speak to people on a, on a more broad level. Yeah, I think when I was showing you that first episode, Adam, I did say that I because we were talking about is it for kids or is it for adults? And I said it's for people. Mm. And that's how I really think of this show. Like, especially the more it goes on, like the pretense of this show even being for children, like isn't even as heavy. Like they kind of start to just let that, right? Wouldn't you say, Eric? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you know, this is the generation of animation that is created by millennials and is pretty much for millennials, uh, which is, you know, older than your typical children's demographic. Yeah. Um, so everyone's pretty conscious of that. I think when they're creating new shows that they're making shows that they want. Yeah. And they, and they grow with it, with the, with the viewer. Cause like, you know, I think that's a common thing, or at least I felt that way where I was like a huge SpongeBob fan. And I remember being a certain age and being like, I, I gotta stop watching SpongeBob. I shouldn't be watching SpongeBob. And I feel like Adventure Dime does a, a good job of subtly like moving up a little bit in maturity mm. as the show goes you on. Know, I, I go back and watch some of those old SpongeBob episodes and I'm like, that shit is fucking funny. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's, it's funny, but like, I mean, there's a whole episode, um, in one of the later seasons where there's a, like, they really start developing the side characters. There's a, there's a whole episode where in the candy kingdom, there's the, um, a root beer character who, who <laughs> root beer guy, root beer guy dies. And who's his wife? Um, um, oh, like cherry, cherry soda, yeah, cherry, cherry soda, cherry know. soda's wife, and she is just like missing her dead husband every day, and she's like remarried to Starchy, this other character, um, but she's still like really in love with her dead husband. She lets him go. He comes back in sort of a like almost like a castaway situation. She can't decide which one to be with, and I was like, wow, this is like really emotionally heavy in mm. that episode, and I was like. Yeah, you're like they're tackling loss like head on, and they do they tackle a lot of heavy issues in the show. Well, you know, and I thought, cool. and actually, in this episode, I wrote this down too, and I didn't bring it up, but I did feel like they touched on. Uh, I think Bimo told Jake, "When you get scared, you make jokes about it," and I yeah. thought it was an interesting like, oh, this Jake makes jokes about stuff or makes fun of things as a defense mechanism when stuff gets too scary. Yeah. I was like, that is probably like a quick insight from like one of the writers who was maybe dealing with that and just tossed that in there. Like it felt like a deeper topic than what the rest of the episode was. It was just like a quick like, eh, let me just toss some psychology shit I'm going through right yeah. now into this and, yeah. and build it into the narrative. Yeah, you're right. This show is loaded with those moments where it's seemingly throwaway little lines that are just super heavy and like cut to the core, but then they move on. But <laughs> just sort of like life. <laughs> The little moments can have a lot of importance to you and stick in your brain. Well, so can I would argue too that the big moments can also have a big impact on your life and stick in your brain. Ain't the truth. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying in addition. In to, addition, to, we're on the same page. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, pick an episode to watch for next week. Yes. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? All right, once again, we are bypassing the random generator, and we're just going to choose an episode. I I actually have one to recommend. Uh, The one with the embryos, I think it's the top episode. Really? On what? Uh, For Friends. It's a Friends episode. (laughs) So, 
So we should, should so we should uh should we should go do friends for an episode? I'm just saying there's a really great episode of friends that we haven't touched on on the that you guys well you it's really on you. You haven't touched on on the podcast yet. Oh, what what's friends about? Uh <laughs> Well, white people being basic. Yeah. Oh, well, Eric, <laughs> that actually sounds kind of interesting to me. I I, I want to hear I want to hear him out on There's this. coffee involved. Oh, there's coffee too? Hey, this is sounding pretty good. I don't know if they drink on the show. I think they just drink coffee. They don't drink. They only drink coffee. Wait, the characters on That's this true. show about basic white people aren't drinking? Yeah, it was the 90s. But basic white people love They're to drink. They're drinking get... milkshakes in this picture. I think that's about as hard as it gets. Wow. There's no cocaine in that show? There was cocaine in one of the characters, but the actual real life guy. <laughs> and he had cocaine in him a lot. <laughs> Good well, for him. What episode Good of Adventure Guys did we have where we just talked about shitty sitcoms for a half hour? Oh, you mean two episodes ago? <laughs> yeah. For more, for more on this topic, see uh, oh, I thought our you were, back catalog. I thought you finally getting tired of my side comments. Oh, no, no, no. We, uh, <laughs> we, we, spend, we spend a half hour just talking about sitcoms. Not, it wasn't even really funny. It was just like our real heartfelt thoughts about sitcoms. <laughs> so back to the topic at hand. Hey, so let's pick an episode to watch for next week. What are we going to watch? All right, we're going to watch Adventure Time for next week. And since <laughs> we just executive did a Halloween decision. episode, uh, we're going to do an Election Day special oh. for next week's episode. We're going to watch Season 6, Episode 42, Hot Diggity Doom. And this is the one where the King of Ooh goes up against Princess Bubblegum for the Candy Kingdom throne? Yep. Matchup of the millennium. There's a lot. I did watch this. I've seen This is one of the episodes I've seen. There's a lot of actual like things that are very close to what's happening. Like the platform that the King of Ooh, we're already getting into next week. That the platform that the King of Ooh uh, runs on isn't that far off from like a mm-hmm. Donald Trump kind of platform. Right, Eric? Yep, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. And he's played by Andy Daly, which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny I character. See that? Yeah. It'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. Um, yeah, do you want to put some like links to vote and shit in their show notes? Yeah, I did that the other week and I didn't tell you about it, but I just did it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> want to do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, go vote, people. God. Yeah, by the way, if you don't vote, you're not allowed to listen to our podcast. Yeah, so unlisten to this whole thing if you're not going to vote. Yeah, and if you vote for Donald Trump... Uh, you're definitely not allowed to listen and also go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, let's just leave it at if you support Trump, fuck you. Right? Yep. So you guys yep. are on the record. This is breaking. <laughs> you guys are on the record for big. being not for Donald Trump. Yep. Quote me on it. Okay. You vote for Donald Trump, fuck you. Now, does that mean you're voting for Joe Biden? Or does uh, This is the first time I'm seeing this and I'm hearing this. Are you on the record? Are you on the record saying you will vote for Joe Biden? Yeah, I'm, I'm voting for Joe Biden. I'm not happy about it, but I am. I actually already did. I sent my ballot in. Yeah, great. I'm, it's a done deal. I'm voting. I'm voting next week. I'm voting early next week too for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Oh yeah, me too. I was gonna write in Kanye, but I'm. I decided <laughs> against it. God damn it! He's like here in Austin right now. Really? Yeah. 
Son can fucking we, why? Can son fucking the, Joe Rogan. Can we get him on the podcast? Ugh. He's doing Rogan, man. He's doing Rogan, so I feel like that's we're not too far away. <laughs> he's he's already here. It wouldn't be much of a I do okay, I don't like to think unrealistically, but I think there is a world where we get him on this podcast. He he's on Twitter. We can just tweet at him. He's on Instagram now too. Oh really? Did oh. you see his his campaign video? No. For right in for Kanye? No. I'm completely uh, not even going to engage with this one. <laughs> I almost, <laughs> I almost, that's why I almost voted for him because the video and the music was just fire. The, it was so good. You were like, you know what? He, he knows how to run a country. But I just think Kim would be a great first lady. Well, I'm on board with that. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, actually, sure. doesn't sound so bad now that you, huh? I get Maybe I should take a Don't look. Don't vote for Kanye West. <laughs> I know. I hate it, man. I was a longtime Kanye fan and defender, and, I, and now I'm like, I'm just literally not even paying attention. I'm not going to listen to that interview, even if, even though I know yeah, it's going to be crazy. I think that's for the best. Yeah. Fuck him, man. I he doesn't need any more attention. No. Uh, okay, so put sh- you'll you'll do the show notes. Okay, you're writing the show notes. This is a jam packed episode. You can you can document everything that happens in this episode. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, go vote, people. Hey, uh, Nick, do you have a good theremin synth? Because I think I have to redo the theme song for (laughs) for this one. Oh. Oh, probably something. A spooky theremin synth? I I mean, maybe I'll I'll see what I have. I don't even know. I I bet that I I have something that sounds like a theremin. I cataloged a bunch of synth sounds inside of Logic. I can... uh, Cool. Well, well, if you have any tagged theremin, let me know. I do. I I have a few... Um, we didn't say goodbye. By the way, I know we're getting there. Oh, okay, <laughs> this is still on the air. <laughs> um, well, let's say goodbye, and then I can look at some of these synth sounds I have cataloged. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Adam, for being on our show today. Thanks yeah, for you're me. a great guest. This was my favorite thing I've done all day. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, and that's saying a lot. I've done some pretty cool shit today before I got here. Fuck yeah, made some pizza. Cool. Um, to our listeners, thank you. Uh, as always, you can check out our page on anchor.fm and you can support us financially there. If you want to just put a buck or two up every month, that'll help us out, uh, with some advertising and that kind of stuff too. Um, anything else? Um, yeah, please subscribe. So you get these automatically like us on Instagram and, and, uh, tell one friend about the podcast. If you're enjoying it, just one friend, tell them to listen. Yeah. Uh, rate it on Apple Podcasts. You know what I did? I took my mom's iPhone and I logged into her podcast app, which she's never used, and I gave us five stars on my mom's phone. Oh, hell yeah. Did you write in? Did you write a little review? No. I felt like that would be over the line. <laughs> this definitely isn't Eric from the Podcast Adventure, guys. I love it. Five <laughs> stars. <laughs> yeah, so do that. Take your mom's cell phone. Rate us five, too. Yeah. Proven strategy. All right. Thank you, everyone. Peace out, y'all.